there is a movement sweeping across the land where fascination, understanding, transformation, and the story come to life. Read the story. Experience the Bible. Hey, welcome to our Pastor's Bible Study on the Story Bible. We're in chapter 3 this week and really excited that you're joining us. There's a lot of people joining us for these online Bible yeah, studies. Yeah, and we've been getting a lot of good feedback, so thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. And really exciting, this Sunday, just in a few days, uh, we're going to bring the Pastor's Bible Study on tour. We're going to be live and in person Yep. Uh, this Sunday morning at 9.45. Yeah, about 9.45. After the early service. But uh, if you're an online participant, if you're far away and can't be here for any other reason, it's okay. We're still going to record it and we'll still release it next Wednesday. That uh, will be the chapter four uh, Bible study. So mm -hmm. check that out. All right, chapter three. Joseph is the main character in this chapter. Uh, Joseph, uh, son of Jacob, he uh, actually takes up uh, many chapters oh, yeah. in the book of Genesis. Yeah. And uh, it's an amazing life uh, that he led. And there's certainly a lot we can learn about that. But I think I'm just going to start with the end of the story, end of the chapter about uh, Joseph. I think uh, chapter 50, verse 20 is a nice summary and, and kind of a, uh, set the theme for us here. Joseph uh, tells his brothers, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive, and so they are today. And I think for me that was the most inspiring thing and the most challenging uh, part of Joseph's life is that through it all, and he went through some pretty low valleys. Oh yeah. Again and again and again. Uh, we see this perspective that he had through his whole life of, I know God is in control. I know God has a plan. I know God has a purpose that I'm not understanding down here on earth, you know, and mm -hmm. going through the ups and downs, but he holds on to that uh, the faith that he has that God's gonna, it's all gonna work out the yep. way God wants it to. And it does. And you know, that's the, the toward the conclusion of uh, Joseph's story, we see a little bit more after that and even describes his death later on. Uh, so maybe then we jump yeah, back to the, the beginning, beginning and see some of those events that you were mentioning. Uh, so if you're reading along in the, the story uh, with us, uh, as Pastor Mark has mentioned before, it's directly out of Scripture. But the beginning that we have in the story for chapter 3 uh, begins on, let's see what page is this. This is page 29. Uh, this is Joseph's brothers, what they say when they see him coming. This would be familiar to most of us. It says, here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns and say that a ferocious animal has devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So you hear that word dream and dreamer mentioned there uh, in that uh, couple of lines. They're obviously referring to uh, a piece of scripture that is not mentioned within the story. It's obviously within scripture in which Joseph comes and he tells his brothers that he has these dreams or visions basically of all of them bowing down to him. 
Now, so you got to remember just that he's the youngest, kind of bratty brother. He's the baby brother. Yeah, and they don't really love him so much, and he just kind of comes out and he's like, hey guys, yeah, let me tell you about this great dream I had, like all of these... Uh, all of you? Yeah, yeah, just bowing down to guess who? Me! Yeah, and so Joseph, he does a lot of great things. There are a lot of bad parts about him, too, or small egotistical things that we see as he grows in his life. He really gets over a lot of these things, too. Well, I think some of the, not some, I think the trials that he goes through in his life do humble him, yeah. do strengthen his faith. That's part of our journey still today and becoming more mature mm -hmm. uh, adults, but yeah. more mature Christians, too, and how we see the world. And don't forget that now before the dream, don't forget the, yeah. coat, the coat of oh, many yeah. colors. Yeah, I was going to hit you bring this up. Yeah. Right. So Jacob, dad, dad for these 12 boys, um, he uh, has a favorite uh, wife. He has one wife, one wife dies, and anyway, different things. But uh, his favorite wife uh, is Rachel, and uh, she dies in childbirth. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Jacob's love, incredible infatuation uh, for this wife, kind of gets shifted to Joseph now. Yeah. He kind of sees her, remembers her fondly, like, in yeah, Joseph. Yeah, it's this gift that has been passed down. He's the favorite. He's absolutely the favorite uh, uh, of Jacob. And so he gives him this gift, and I'm sure I'm sure it was more, many times throughout their lives, the brothers are growing up, there are many occasions where it was obvious. He gets the best Christmas Joseph gift. Yeah. <laughs> gets so the coat of many colors is the famous, <laughs> the famous gift that uh, you know, musicals are written about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you always got this jealousy, this resentment uh, amongst the siblings, and then yeah, and it culminates with this dream, these two dreams, that uh, yeah, this yeah. What kind of advice you know? What kind of advice would you give to Joseph about? sharing his dreams or wearing his coat around uh, in public. Uh, probably not, not advisable. Yeah, probably not being able to uh, accentuate these yeah. things. Because as, as he does this, uh, the people around him, in particular his brothers, get very jealous. Uh, they get very angry. And that's the line that I just read that's from his brothers saying, you know, here he comes again, this dreamer. Let's let's kill him, you know. Let's get rid of this guy, or let's throw him down this well. They come up with all these different ideas, and in the end, uh, what ends up happening is he's basically sold into slavery. And they only do this uh, mainly not to spare his life. One of the brothers uh, does beg for his life. They basically do it because they receive something out of it, right? They even say like, "Hey, let us be able to get something from this." So they they sell uh, Joseph into slavery, basically. And they hope to never see him again and be able to benefit from him. And so this is just maybe one of the first, one of the first uh, injustices mm -hmm. that we see committed against uh, Joseph. Even if he is this kind of bratty little brother, uh, obviously these things should not be done uh, against him. Right. So Joseph goes to Egypt. Mm -hmm. He starts working in uh, one of the uh, managers uh, of the of the government. Uh, one of his house, his servant, a servant in the household yeah. there. And then he gets falsely accused. Yeah. But remember, he's he's so. doing he's doing well, right? Yeah. Maybe we add yeah. that part in there. Like he's he he starts off like below the bottom rung. Right. And Slave. little by little he's like trusted with different elements 
until uh, he gets to a point where he's doing so good, kind of like the head of that household, uh, has gotten these major promotions, and his uh, accusal that he receives is the wife going yeah. after him. So he gets this bad rap. It even says both within scripture and in the story of how uh, wonderful Joseph is, that he's handsome, that he's in good shape, it even says. And uh, it says that the, the wife of the household uh, desires him and wants to come after him. And so she attempts this and Joseph says, no. He says, you know, I'm not gonna do this. And he mentions two reasons. He says, number one, uh, I'm in charge of all these things and I should not do this against my neighbor, mm -hmm. against the one who put me in charge that's here on earth. And number two, he specifically says, I should not sin against God, which I actually really like this response because he notes these two different elements that are there, right? Mm -hmm. He notes both the fact that he's going after uh, something that would be a sin to both his neighbor and also a sin against uh, God. You know, this kind of the Ten Commandments are broken up here, yeah. not going after right. one or the other. But because he does do this and he is strong and uh, doesn't fall to this temptation, He's falsely accused. She comes back and says, you know, he tried to go after me. He tried to rape me and I screamed and I, I ran. And look, here's part of uh, the cloak that's right here. I have evidence. And because of this, obviously the head of the household believes his wife. And uh, unfortunately, Joseph, for no good reason, is thrown into prison. Right. And I think about seeing Joseph's maturing through the years, how he's responded to different situations, obviously, Code of Many Colors, the dreams didn't respond so well there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now being sold into slavery, obviously he responded well. He worked hard. He worked his way up, kind of like you said, promotions in the household. And now he's falsely accused. And I think about how do I react when I am falsely accused? Hmm. Boy, I, I just, yeah, let's, I'm ready to fight for my yeah. reputation or whatever it is. Um, and so anyway, he goes to prison. And again, a great opportunity to kind of give up on God, give up on, you know, why would you let this happen? This isn't fair. Um, and then we see him continue to move himself up, right? He starts climbing this rung again, even hard. in prison. Yeah. Now, this isn't something that's fast, too. Uh, he's yeah, there, he's there for quite a while. He's yeah. in prison and he's working. It's not all like one day to the to the next all of a sudden. And he probably actually would have remained there in prison. But after a couple of years go by, Pharaoh, the leader of not just a, a household, but all of the land, everything, you know, the number one guy uh, in command, he has a dream. Mm -hmm. And he hears that, uh, Joseph can actually interpret these dreams. And so he calls him down out of prison. I like that it says that, you know, they have him shave and they have him yeah, bathe clean and clean up. Yeah. So, I mean, he's not it's in pretty, good shape. Yeah. He's nasty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just even to appear before Pharaoh, this is what happens. And actually I wrote this down as a note too. I thought this was interesting. Uh, so this is on page 33 of the story. It says, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. And he, he's tried to have people figure this out and it's driving him crazy. Yeah. But I have heard it said that you, when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. This is Joseph's re reply. I cannot do it. 
and I actually had to remind myself of this just now. I forgot. He doesn't say, yeah, tell me your dream and let me know. He says, I cannot do it. Joseph replied to Pharaoh, but God will give the answer to Pharaoh that he desires. And I love that part too. This is so wonderful. He doesn't say, yeah, let me know. And then, uh, you know, right. give him the. I got. I got he, this. He actually says, right. "I cannot do this. Mm. Like I can't." And I wonder, if Pharaoh, at that moment, was like, "I don't even call this guy. Why did <laughs> why they bathe him and shave him? Like, why am I wasting my time?" Yeah. But God can, and right. so God will give you this answer. And not he, when he says the one that he desires, he's not saying he's going to tell you what you want to hear because that's actually not what happens at all. He's right. saying that God is going to God is going to give you an answer. And just to follow up on that really quick, uh, he goes through. He explains the dream to him. He basically tells him that there's going to be uh, years of uh, just things are going to be great. The crops are going to be plentiful. Everything's going to be wonderful. And then there's going to be famine and it's going to be horrible. And so we need to be able to save up for that. But after he tells him that, it says, Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, same thing, page 33 of the story, Since God has made all of this known to you, and I'm just going to stop there. The credit Joseph gives to God in saying, I can't do this, God can, gets pushed on in this evangelical way uh, to uh, Pharaoh himself, into which Pharaoh actually takes in this piece of evangelism and he responds in giving God credit. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give it to Joseph. He says, again, since God has made all of this known to you, he actually recognizes that. And I think this is so practical for us, too, of being able to say there are a lot of things that we cannot do in this life or we fall short, but God. Like, uh, that, that's said so many times over and over in Scripture. But God yeah. can do these things. And that's a really neat testament, I think, for you and I to be able to just say, hey, we're just normal people, but God He's not just normal. And all of these things, whether it's injustices, false imprisonment, just imprisonment in itself that we have dug ourselves into the hole of, uh, that God can relieve us from all of these things. Yeah. And again, what what a great growth in Joseph and his perspective and his faith. Yeah. Trusting and think about what, you know, what do trials what do years like you're saying this is not we read the story in you know 30 minutes but mm-hmm. uh the chapter in th- but you know the timeline here is years and years and years you're going by decades really you know what do we learn about god through years of trials mm. and some people will harden their hearts and uh, again kind of that give up well you know uh God caused this. This is God's fault. God abandoned me. God didn't answer me. Uh, versus this perspective here, <laughs> which is God has a purpose behind this. Yeah. Like this is terrible. That doesn't mean it's not terrible. It's terrible. Uh, but there's something greater that's going to be accomplished here. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes me think of uh, Admiral Stockdale. Was uh, he served in the uh, he was a POW in Vietnam? Okay. He was in the Hanoi Hilton. And he was there for the longest 10 years of, I can't remember his rank when he was, anyway, he retired as an admiral. But anyway, um, he said what he noticed, uh, the difference between 
the men who survived mm -hmm. and the men who just died literally of lost hope and yeah. lost uh, the ones who didn't survive were the ones who had this kind of a more well in this like a more shallow type of faith like uh, okay we're gonna get out by Christmas I know we're gonna be released uh -huh. by Christmas we're gonna be, and then build up all this excitement like but the ones that uh, that held on that survived were the ones that didn't focus on when am I gonna be released when is this gonna be over but the focus was kind of on this bigger story this bigger perspective yeah. like uh, I know this is going what I'm going through right now will be the defining you know thing in my life hmm. the rest of my life this will be the most impactful whatever it is it's gonna make the greatest difference in my life yeah uh, moving forward and I gotta think uh, that Joseph in prison again not an American prison with cable TV yeah or in showers yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But right, an Egyptian uh, jail in dungeon stuff 18, here, yeah. 1900 BC. <laughs> yeah. um, right, years in there. Yeah, uh, you got to think he had to have that that faith that said, "I know God is doing something bigger than what I can comprehend," mm -hmm. and this is terrible. You accept yeah. the reality of it. Um, you don't deny that, uh, but bigger than that, deeper than that, is is God has a plan here, and I'm a I'm humbled to be a part of his plan. As hard as that is. And it's it's interesting to see the story as it continues on of Joseph walking this path because now the same thing happens as it happened in Potiphar's household, now within Pharaoh's kingdom, and, and same mm -hmm. thing in the jail. So he begins climbing this ladder almost immediately, I guess, sure. right here because like Pharaoh is... So the, so the dream, the interpretation of the dream. Yes. He, uh, Joseph, God, through Joseph, was able to let Pharaoh know that Egypt was going to have seven years of prosperity and harvest and then seven years of famine. And so prepare for the famine now while it's, you know, season is rich. And the interesting thing is like Pharaoh so, takes the, the ring off his finger, puts on him, like the robes on him and basically says, hey, you're in command now. Basically, I'm the only one that's above you, but just on almost like on paper. Like that's it. Like you're going to be running the show. It's so funny how trusting he is. Like none of, it doesn't come to fruit. He doesn't say like, all right, well, let's give this a year or two and mm -hmm. see if this prosperity comes about. He really does trust in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so there's something there off just the... Uh, I don't know, the reputation of Joseph himself that he does this. And so because of this, again, uh, Joseph's put into this great place of wealth. All this time of prosperity does come, mm -hmm. just as he said, but the time of famine comes yeah. as well. And so be, the whole, the whole land, East, everywhere, everywhere. So seven years of prosperity and then say, I don't know, a few years. So maybe 10 years in after this. Yeah. Now his family up in... Canaan yeah. is suffering from the family. And everybody else, right? Anybody well, who is well. not stored up. But yeah, yeah. personally for uh, Joseph, his family is now suffering. And so... They hear, oh, there's some food in Egypt. Yep. Let's go down and see if they'll please, please, please beg uh, to show us some mercy, some handouts. And so they do that, kind of like back and forth, right? This begging. It's interesting. Maybe we don't want to focus on uh, all of that piece of the story. It's a little longer. But they have these multiple interactions in which the brothers come and they're begging, but they, at first they do not they do not notice it's their brother. Joseph knows that it's his brothers, but they do not, and he kind of runs them through the this little yeah yeah. 
he, he does kind of a few different things. He doesn't tell them, yeah, I'm your brother, uh, but he kind of almost tests them a little bit, almost toys with them. Right. Uh, well, he wanted to know if his brother Benjamin was still alive. Yes. The, the, He's trying to pull information. The brother from the same mother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, if his dad was still alive. Yeah. And if they're treating them well, treated Benjamin well. They yeah. Treated him poorly. You know. Anyway, for all, all said, I mean, he, he does... Uh, torment them a little bit a little bit i think that's fair to say yeah yeah uh from a human perspective i'd say he was pretty merciful to them oh yeah because he was obviously in a position they wanted to kill him and he was as good as dead sold into slavery yeah uh and he was definitely in a position now to get revenge yeah and he could have he could have easily just killed him right he could have killed them he could have put them in jail like he was in jail he actually could have even even to be merciful just would have been like uh, no, I'm not going to give you any food. I'm going to let you live, but I'm going to send you guys away. Yeah, you can't have any yeah. But uh, as the story plays out, he finally does reveal himself to his brothers. And actually, you see the torment is inside of him, too. He wails. He sends everybody away, and mm-hmm. he wails, and he cries out. And in Scripture, it's great. It says that it's so loud that all the people can hear. Even the Egyptians, like the guards, yeah. or whatever, yeah. they're outside the tent. Yeah, and it seems like it's yeah. like people like almost miles away can yeah. hear. It's so loud, even yeah. though he has closed everything off, because he himself, he's in pain, you know? And now this reuniting has occurred. And so maybe we will uh, conclude today with where we first started and that scripture that Pastor Mark read, because you got to come back to that. So uh, this was in Genesis, is that chapter 50 that you just yep, 50 verse 20. read? And then, so this is page 42 of the, the story. I'm just going to share it one more time at this part. It says, but Joseph said to them, uh, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? They're so worried that he is going to be able to be killed. But uh, he says, you know, I'm not the one who's the ultimate judge. And how great of a example is this to us as well, too, when we look around at people in the world and think, you know, that person should just be done away with or why do people even do that many times? Are we in a place to be able to judge? And then he goes on and says, you intended me harm. And there's that phrase again, Mm -hmm. but God. Mm-hmm. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done for the saving of many lives. And I think that's it really is just a, a beautiful, beautiful element that's that's there. And Paul ties it up for us in the New yes. Testament. Yeah. Romans eight twenty eight. And this is I'm sorry, yeah. this is so important for us to keep doing, right? Yeah. To see these testaments or books or even chapters yeah, or stories. verses it's yeah. all this this one piece Unified all right piece. so from romans so and famous you've heard it but think about it in this context now the truth that's gone all the way back you know two thousand years earlier to joseph's life uh paul writes to us uh, and we know that for those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose hmm. That's just so encouraging. It doesn't mean that uh, a uh, bout with kidney stones is a good thing Mm -hmm. or a a divorce is a good thing or even a a death, a loss of a loved one is a good thing. But all things, good things and bad things that we go through in life, they're all going to work out for good in the end. Yeah, God's got a much bigger picture of the universe and, and everything that's happening. And he's got a great plan, and it's all gonna it's all gonna work out for good. Hang on. And how much foreshadowing is there in our lives today 
uh, in the life of Joseph and that which comes between uh, as well. That story of Joseph, uh, you know, could be read in the story of Christ. You know, you intended to harm me, but mm-hmm. God intended it for good. Right. Now look what is being done to accomplish the saving of many lives. Yeah. And it's such an intertwining <clears throat> yeah. of God's actual story of uh, so many people intending that for harm upon Christ himself or to be able to get the good of what they wanted to be able to throw him not in a well, but to be able to throw him in a tomb, mm-hmm. to be able to kill him, to be able to get rid of him, all these negative things, but God intends it for good and he uses these things. And so let's close with that today, uh, remembering the price that our savior paid for us. And remember that God doesn't intend negative things, harmful things upon our lives. Joseph, us, you, we all face these things because of sin, but God gives us a remedy because of our Savior. Amen. So, so thanks again for joining us uh, today. Uh, please come back, uh, be with us and, uh, next week, either in person or online. And again, let us know if you have any questions on the Story Bible. Hey, thanks again for joining us. Remember, we have a whole bunch of content online that we'd like you to be a part of and to share with your family and your friends. So make sure you click that subscribe button and like our content. Thanks.